everyone. Anne Louise Gittleman here for the First Lady of Nutrition podcast, where I interview all the brightest lights of health and healing in the nutritional health space. And today I'm going to be interviewing the world's best number one trainer. And that is none other than Chris Gethin, who is an absolute brilliant bodybuilder. He is a, an author. He is a personal trainer and international nutritionist, and he's my go-to for anything health and healing when it comes to athletics and bodybuilding. So how are you today, Chris Gethin, my friend? Absolutely great. Now I'm hearing your voice. It's been a while, Anne-Louise, uh, so I'm absolutely honored to be on your podcast. Thank you very so much for having me. You have such a charming accent. Would you tell my listeners a little bit about your background? I think you're from Wales, the land of Tom Jones, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. I do not have the singing voice, but I do have an accent. So uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll from Wales. It. Yeah, well, I'll take it. Uh, yeah, but from Wales originally. I grew up on a farm in Wales. I raced motocross throughout the majority of my childhood up until my late teens. And uh, it was through many accidents, many injuries. I ended up in hospital more than a racetrack, really. That led me to weight training because I went to osteopaths, chiropractors, uh, acupuncture, acupuncture therapy. And uh, it wasn't until I started doing physiotherapy and resistance training that I was alleviated from the pain of a lot of my injuries. So I decided to go to college and st study international health and sports therapy for several years, which uh, then took me around the world to working on cruise liners, living in Australia, working in LA as a writer and photographer within the health and fitness space, and then eventually up to uh, Boise, Idaho, where I'd begun as the editor-in-chief of bodybuilding.com before launching several uh, brands and companies of my own and uh, authoring some books along the way. So that's how I kind of ended up here in Boise, Idaho. So I have some questions for you. You know, my clientele and my readership and my followers are a little older. They're, they're interested in radical longevity, which of course is the title of the newest book that I've come out with. And I have some questions to you that I'm really interested in, in pursuing. And one of them is how much protein do you think people after 50 truly need if they want to maintain lean muscle mass? Yeah, it all depends on their activity levels. But, you know, I have clients that are having like 0.6 grams per pound of body weight, but then I have some that are just over a gram of protein per pound of body weight. But that all comes down to their activity levels because obviously as we get older, it's a little bit harder for us to hold on to muscle mass. So I do, uh, you know, I suggest to everybody, but especially including my older clientele to perform some type of weight training as well, compound movements. It could be with body weight, that's absolutely fine. Just to ensure that we don't go through as much catabolism as we do when we get older and to ensure that we maintain good uh, bone density as well. So I'm writing in this book based on some of the studies that I've seen and because of my own experience, that people, once they're hitting the age of 60 and 70, need at least 100 grams of protein a day. Would you agree with that recommendation? Yeah, for sure. There's no doubt about it. Dependence on that person's body weight as well, of course. But yeah, that you definitely want to have that. And you know, obviously, some can come through plant-based proteins. It doesn't have to be just first-class proteins. And there's uh, even some great protein powders out there that are plant-based now that have you know what's called IOA technology that really increases the surface space of that protein. So that protein from that plant source is a little bit more bioavailable. 
So tell me where we can get that kind of bioavailable plant protein. That's something new to me. That's fascinating. Yeah, well, it's any type of protein that has the IO way technology. So my own company, this is going to be like a shameless plug now. My own no uh, plugs, so shamelessly plug. <laughs> yeah, so I, I've got a, a plant protein called Plantine, and it has some MCTs in there, uh, you know, to, to give it a creaminess sort of texture, but it has this IOA technology, which works like a, a digestive enzyme. So you can increase the digestibility of that uh, massively. So, you know, we've done studies on that and it is comparable to whey protein isolate as far as bioavailability. So is it high in isoleucine, the particular amino acid that we know is able exactly. to make Exactly, exactly. It's the highest that you'll find in those. So, you know, you have the essential amino acids, but your leucine and the isoleucine is very high to give it that anabolism as well. I love it. So would you tell me what the ingredients are of this plantain? Yeah, so it's a plant-based protein that comes from pea protein. We find that to be the most bioavailable of the proteins that we've tested with the IOA technology. And we have MCTs in there as the fats. And, uh, you know, we'll have, uh, you know, we have various types of proteins that may have organic quinoa or Swedish oats to make it like a meal replacement as well. So how many grams of protein in a scoop and how many grams of carbohydrates and sugars? Are there natural sugars, added sugars? I'm so interested. Yeah, no sugars, but we have for 25 grams of protein wow. uh, per serving in there. Wow, yeah, I love carbohydrates, it. The carbohydrates in this particular product is very minimal because people like to add it to make waffles or to add it to their oats or anything like that. So we have like banana flavor and stuff like that, but we add the quinoa in there, which is very sh uh, a small amount as well, which is like five grams just to add the creaminess texture to a plant protein, which is usually very gritty or very earthy. And I'll love to send some up to you um, to, so you can try yourself. Yes, I'd love it. And what about the fiber content, Chris? And the name of the product for my people again is? It's called Plantain by Caged Muscle. Plantain by Caged Muscle. And you've got about five grams of fiber in it. So they can find it online or do they have to go to Caged Muscle? Uh, yeah, you can find it online. You can go to Vitamin Shop. You can go to GNC. Oh, perfect. You can go to Caged perfect. Muscle, Amazon. It's pretty much available. I love it. I'm so interested in this because people are using a lot of rice and pea protein, but they're not bioavailable. And I like the fact that it's low in carbohydrates and it's maximized for bioavailability is really the, the key here. So that is a wonderful, wonderful asset. Yeah. Tell me about ways in which we can actually exercise without exerting ourselves, because so many of us as we get older simply don't have the time, the energy, many uh, baby boomers are still working. So tell me what you think of the super slow methods, the, uh, the oscillating plates that are out there, the power plates, what is your hit on those? Yeah, you can definitely use them, especially, you know, if you're somebody that's rehabbing an injury, you know, the power plates I'm talking about now, you can util utilize that as an inactive form of activity because it does burn calories. But I like to go back to our ancestors, to be honest with you, our ancestral wisdom, get outside, get some sunlight, maybe mm -hmm. earth yourself. Uh, but and, and, you tell know, me like, what get you, and tell me what you know about earthing, by the way, because I write about that in Radical Longevity. We're on the same page totally. Tell me what you yeah. think about earthing. 
Yeah, well, you know, I don't know if any of your uh, listeners have actually watched Earthing the movie or read any of Clint Ober's stuff as well. Sure. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm all about earthing. I get my clients to earth every single day. If they cannot get outside to earth, then you can get earthing mats uh, that you can have at your desk or in your bed or anything like that. But it shows that, you know, obviously, you know, we, we want to get a lot of the negative eons from the earth and it can help with inflammation. It, it can help with, you know, stress related issues. And, you know, I just find when I have clients do that, even though they may think it's a little bit woo woo to begin with, they do report back feeling so much better. And especially when we're penetrating, you know, all about this, um, and Louise, in regards to penetration of EMFs and free radicals that we get that we didn't have like 30, 50 years ago, it's very, very important that you earth yourself a couple of times a day. I find morning and night like I said, if you're trying to get the sunlight, the restorative red rays in the morning and evening, that's a perfect, perfect time to earth yourself at the yeah. same time. But I get my I get my clients to go out and do at least 20 minutes in the morning. Uh, you know, it can be a steady walk. It could be walking the dog, just some sort of activity and movement. Of course, there's a lot of people out there that just hit the gyms in these CrossFit boxes every day. But I think it's very important to get outside. I like to get my clients to focus on sight on one of their cardio sessions. So it could be the color of the sky, the green of the, you know, the, the now we're going into spring of the trees, the grass. And then the following day, they focus on smells, you know, the fresh air in the morning, the coffee that's coming from the neighbor's uh, house. And then the next day it's on another sense, which is going to be sound. So the sound of cars, the sound of birds, the sound of, you know, the the, your feet walking on the grass, whatever it may be. So you can listen to your own voices as opposed to getting hit by conference calls, emails, and, you know, uh, music or whatever, just to, you know, have some thoughts to yourself to set the intention for the day. I love that. So you're in alignment with Mother Nature and the natural synchronicity of, of life. I, I, I love that concept. So if we talk about the best exercises for those of us in our 50s, 60s, and some of us in our 70s, what, go through the different types of exercise and what particular type of modality is important. Is it important to stretch every day? Is it important to bodybuild every day? Is it important to have endurance and, and balance exercises? Give us the whole, the whole gestalt of the, of the gamut of what we can expect. Yeah, all of those three things. So I get my clients and I do this myself. You know, I'm, I'm uh, 47 this year. So, I, okay, I still consider myself very, very young. You're a kid. I'm a kid. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a pup, but I will always be that way uh, because I want to heal my future every day and not harm it. So I'll wake oh, up in the morning. Oh, I love that. He wants to heal his future. Have you listened to that, everyone? He's going to heal his future every day, not to harm it. I've got to quote you on that. That's wonderful. Go ahead. Okay, exactly. We have that decision every day. So we got to make sure that we do go towards that, the, the, the healing process. But I'll start the day, I'll usually make my coffee, ensuring that, of course, it's mitotoxin free. Yeah. And as I'm drinking that coffee, um, then I'm, I'm stretching, stretching the adductors, stretching the hamstrings, stretching the glutes, the back in particular, because as we know, the spine can really tighten up through lack of movement. And a lot of us are sat down at desks. Uh, or sat in a car in traffic, etc. So we definitely want to get that stretching protocol in place for about 10 to 15 minutes for, you know, focusing on breath work, maybe focusing on meditation to set the intention for the day, because a lot of us do have to multitask in order to get these uh, things in place. And then I'll get my clients and do myself to perform some type of cardio, like I said, for like 20 minutes. 
to get movement, to get synovial fluid into the joints, get blood to the brain and around the body, get oxygen and nutrient-rich blood around the body and brain. And then, you know, that, that can be as little as 20 minutes. It could be as long as an hour in the morning, an hour in the evening. You know, as long as it's steady state, it doesn't have to be high intensity. You don't have to get a huge sweat on the go. And then resistance training for about 30, 45 minutes. And that could be body weight. It could be push-ups. It could be dips. I try to get my clients, if they're at a desk job, to stand up and sit down about 50 times every uh, two hours or so, oh. 25 times yeah, because obviously, you know, we, we've shown that grip strength. Uh, we show that squat strength can really help with longevity as well. So uh, to ensure, and if you look at like the blue zones, for instance, where people are living to a disproportionate age or they're centenarians, you look at, for instance, Okinawa, a lot of those people do not have seats, but they sit on the floor and get back up and down for about 100 times per day. And they're yeah. over 100 years old. So we can learn a lot from those people. So that's a form of resistance that I think is very, very good. Little and often, if it can be done sporadically through the day, if not, you know, reserve 30, 45 minutes throughout the day to do some crunches, to do some squats, freestanding squats, to do some dips against the chair, to do some push-ups against the chair, against the wall or on the floor, depending on how strong you are. What about swimming? I've heard that's very good for those of us that are in our golden years. Swimming. Swimming is awesome. I do swimming all the time, obviously competing in Ironman triathlon like I have up there in uh, Coeur d'Alene. Uh, it's phenomenal because, again, you are rotating your shoulders, you're working your hips, you're getting the synovial fluid into those ball and socket joints that generally degenerate first before anything else along with our knees. So it's a non-compound movement that anybody on of any weight, of any genre, uh, 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 age, could do. So swimming, I think, is absolutely phenomenal. We should all do that. And so people also talk about the importance of gardening. And I know you can get grounded in earth when you garden. I mean, is that considered a viable part of exercise? Of course, of course. And do it without your gardening gloves on. Make sure that you get that good microbiome uh, from the soil as well. So, uh, you know, you're earthing yourself. Hopefully you're getting sunlight. You're getting the vitamin D. And then you're getting a good uh, bacteria from the earth as well that a lot of us do lack, especially you know, in this day and age of the past year, when everybody's trying to sanitize absolutely everything, it's good to get that from the earth. Yes, eat, eat some dirt and get in the dirt is my motto these days. So very important. That's why I take a spore probiotic. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And I, I grew up on a farm as well. So I, I definitely have uh, a relatability to, you know, Mother Nature as well. And, uh, you know, like I haven't even had a common cold since 2014. So uh, you know, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be unhygienic by any means, but you don't have to be overly hygienic. So what about those of us that may still be in apartments and maybe in some type of lockdown, even as we broadcast this podcast, what about going up and down stairs? Yeah, absolutely phenomenal. Whenever I stay at a hotel, very rarely do I go to the gym to use the treadmill. I'm either outside or I'll wedge open um, a couple of doors to the fire exits to ensure that I don't get locked out or locked into the stairwell. And I'll go up and down those stairs because that's a phenomenal compound movement for your glutes for your hamstrings, for your quads. And you know, you want to ensure that you really do not lean 
forward and you stand up straight and you really fire what's you know what is our posterior chain because a lot of us switch that off we switch off our glutes because we're sat down all day which can lead to bad you know back issues we switch off our feet we switch off a lot of these muscles if you do get outside try to you know go you know either barefoot or wear like a minimalist shoe um but uh you know if you're staying in an apartment then of course sometimes because of lockdown you cannot get the sun or maybe you're in the winter obviously we can biohack uh environment by having you know red light panels that gives us the restorative red light in the morning in the evening and as i mentioned before if you can't find a grassy patch to earth yourself you know i often travel to india and sometimes i'm in cities like Mumbai or Delhi, then I'll have an earthing mat that I will plug into the wall so I can earth myself and kind of biohack my environment, especially with, you know, like a mobile red light panel that I'll take with myself as well. See, I love that. I've been traveling with an earthing wristband for the past 10 years. Clint Ober is a personal friend, by the way. So he's come to the house and he's earthed and grounded us till the cows come home. And what he told me was a real secret that I want to pass on to you and my listeners. He felt that the best grounding could be done with a, with a grounding wristband. It had the best grounding connection. So that's what I consistently use. I use that at night. Do you sleep with something at night to ground yourself? Interesting. I'm going to look into that. Yes, I have, I have an earthing mat that I have under my bed sheets. So uh, that's what I'll earth myself with. And uh, I'm at my treadmill desk at the moment, but at my sitting desk, I also have an earthing mat and I'll have my uh, feet barefoot on, on that mat as well. So I love that. Back to the foods, because I'm really interested in your daily routine, which sounds awesome. And I, I think we can get some wonderful tips from you. But in terms of what you eat, give us a breakfast, lunch and dinner. What does a world-class bodybuilder consume? Right. I, I'm a little bit different to, I'd say, the general bodybuilder, because I do know what we do as people that like to build our bodies is a little bit uh, pro-inflammatory, I would say. And it's not necessarily going to be healing for our future, especially you look at the amount of meals that we have to consume. And it's not going to be very good for like you know stem cell proliferation or autophagy or anything like that. So especially on my non-training days, I'll only train about four, sometimes five days a week. On my non-training days, I fast until the afternoon. I'll do a 16 to 20 hour fast just to ensure that, you know, I can get rid of a lot of the folded proteins, the bad DNA, uh, go through autophagy. But on my general training days, what I'll do is eat um, maybe carbohydrates in the morning with my meals, but then I'll go a little bit more fats throughout the rest of the day. So after my first two meals that have carbohydrates, after that it's fats because I train in the morning. So I'll do my cardio, I'll do my weight training in the morning. So my breakfast usually looks like this. So for, for instance, this morning uh, I had organ meats, I had liver, had liver, which was uh, mixed with some butter and some egg whites and a couple of egg yolks in there as well. I have my own chicken, so they're humane raised and uh, grass fed uh, the produce that I'll use. So I had the organ meats uh, from that. Um, and then as far as my carbohydrates and, and were tell, concerned- And tell, hold on, because I wanna just jump in here if I may. And sure. tell my listeners why it's important to eat organ meats. I've written about it in terms of stem cell proliferation, but you tell them why you eat organic liver. 
Yeah, like I'll change it up a little bit, but the reason why I do is that it's very low in fat, very, uh, it's phenomenal in micronutrients, you know, you get plenty of iron, plenty of uh, B vitamins in it, very low in fat, and it's cheap. It's cheap as well. Uh, <laughs> and as long as you marinate it the right way, you know, sometimes yes, yes, I'll marinate yes, yes, it overnight yes, yes, yes. with... Yeah, with, with some kefir, you know, I like to have kefir and, you know, but I'll put some salt in it to make sure that I have, you know, I've got plenty of uh, minerals in there too. And then, you know, I'll, I'll splice that up in the morning and I will fry that with some eggs. So it's kind of scrambled eggs in there as well. And I'll put some sweet potato in there as well. And, uh, you know, maybe some organic uh, olive oil or maybe some butter I'll cook it in. And uh, that's pretty much my breakfast. And then I'll usually have that twice for my second meal as well. So it's just convenient. It's easy. Uh, I'll have carbohydrates through those meals. And then in the afternoon, I'm going for something like uh, it could be, you know, humane raised chicken breast. It could be um, grass fed beef. Uh, I change it up quite often. It could be like a, a protein shake, a meal replacement. And uh, But the thing is, with those, I will just have fats with those meals. And it's usually some form of saturated uh, fat. If it's not like an MCT or olive oil or something like that, that's where I'll generally go for the rest of the day. I don't like to have too much of an insulin spike for the rest of the day. I do wear a 24-hour blood glucose monitor. So I do know what types of carbohydrates my body does allow and doesn't allow. I'll generally go fats in the afternoon. And then on my non-training days, as I mentioned, I'll fast. And when I break my fast, I usually like to have my raw vegetables first, then cooked vegetables second, then I'll have my protein and then I will go for my carbohydrates just to ensure that I get plenty of my micronutrients in and my amino acids before I go for my carbohydrates or fats um, on that plate. And I want to congratulate you on the marination because something that I write about in the new book, which we'll have to send you, Radical Longevity, make sure Stuart sends you a book, by the way, you, you need to get a gal like I talk about the importance of cooking and certain cooking methods that lessen the, the uh, production of advanced glycation end products. And when you fry, grill, broil, or air fry, you're really exacerbating the advanced glycation end products that are so aging and damaging to DNA. But when you marinate the way you marinate, Chris, then it decreases the uh, production of advanced glycation end products by as much as 90%. So marination is really important. Wow. And I'm so pleased that you mentioned that because you marinate. Yeah, that's that's a biggie that people don't understand. It's why I don't recommend bacon and a lot of the fats that are out there because they're very high in AGES. And you've got to get the book to read about it because nobody really knows very much about this. It was research that was uncovered by a Dr. Helen Blasera at the Rockefeller University when she was studying diabetes and found that one of the causes was ages, not just to diabetes, but every degenerative disease known to man. So it's a biggie that's kind of missing. Interesting. It's a biggie that's kind of missing in this whole discussion. I want to bring that to your attention. What are your favorite carbohydrates as we start to end up our wonderful podcast? What are your favorite carbs that my people can learn about? Well, before we go into that, I just 
just want to thank you as well that I've got a kitchen full of cast iron because of you and Louise and reading about the importance of cooking with the right utensils in the kitchen. So I've got quite the forearms on me now because they're, they're, they're pretty heavy. Uh, but the carbohydrates that I'm eating because they work well for my, uh, my blood glucose. Like I said, I do measure my blood glucose and everybody's different. But sweet potatoes, I really like. I like tubers. Uh, you know, I do like parsnips as well. Um, but usually sweet potatoes, I'll go for like, um, usually like a rice and it doesn't really matter if I have a white rice, to be honest with you, or brown rice, but I prefer to have rice with micronutrients in there as well. I do like some quinoa on occasion. I don't have it too much. I'd say sweet potato is my mainstay though. And, uh, I'd say that's pretty much it. I don't go overly uh, overboard on carbohydrates. If I do want something post-workout, I'll usually go for a powder, which is going to be like something like Vitago. So that is extracted from like barley or can be from a potato. It's just kind of like the handprint that provides the osmolality and the digestion of that particular carbohydrate that I like. But, you know, I'll usually use that if I'm doing a lot of endurance work, a lot of running, a lot of cycling, etc. So excellent. Um, my favorite new carbohydrate, it's a flower that we've discovered. It's tiger nut flour. Are you familiar with it? It's actually from a tree. Yes. Yeah. My wife actually cooks with that. So she will cook some protein waffles and she does cook with that because, uh, uh she was speaking to, uh, you know, a mutual friend of ours uh, recently, Ben Greenfield, uh, because she does have hypothyroidism and that was one of the flowers that he suggested. There's another one that I discovered with my research in radical longevity, and it's chestnut flour. It's a little pricey, but oh my gosh, is that delicious. Oh, really? I haven't looked into that one. No, it's, but it's very, it's very well tolerated, and it's used widely in the Mediterranean countries that now have the longest lifespan. We used to think it was Okinawa. It's now the Mediterranean belt. So you got to make a note of the chestnut flour. It's a must. And the other thing, Chris, that I want to tell you about is you must get your ferritin levels done have you done that yet your ferritin your stored iron uh, sorry could you say that again i must get one <laughs> your ferritin levels it's the stored iron the stored oh, iron right. in your bloodstream. that would be very important because when, when you get that and let me know what it is you may change your mind about the cast iron that's why we have to get you the new book all right. Okay. All right. Things have changed. <laughs> yeah, things are always, things are always changing. I will for, definitely look into that for sure. Research, and I'll, let, I'll report. Now you are, you are the author of several books. Can you tell us what those books are and how to get them? Yeah, for sure. So uh, I, my very first book was like in 2010 and that was uh, the guide to your best body. Uh, so that was my first basically a, a hard, hard, hardback book. And that was talking about why community is so important for you to reach your goals, for transparency, for support, for accountability, etc. And then my final book uh, that came out last year was Man of Iron, which uh, tells people how they can be a strength trainer and an endurance athlete, because I'd have so many people come up to me and say, hey, I used to do marathons, I used to uh, swim, I used to uh, cycle, etc. But now I got into weight training, I had to give it up or vice versa. But I like to do both. And I kind of show people how they can do both without injuring themselves or overtraining themselves. What is the oldest person that you train so that my people can get a perspective here? How old is the oldest individual? 
Um, I'd say in the, let me say 84, I think is the oldest uh, client that I've got currently. Uh, but it, it's funny, a lot of my clients that are in their 80s uh, or set, even 70s uh, are more committed <laughs> than some of my clients that are in their 20s. You know, they don't question it, they just do it. So uh, sometimes it can be easier to train them than, than, than others. But yeah, 84 is my current uh, eldest client. And what are you up to these days? I know you've moved to Boise, Idaho, but tell me what you're up to. Uh, so I've just launched my ninth gym in India. So I got a gym franchise over there. So I just launched uh, the ninth gym and we, we, we launched two, three of them during COVID, which is uh, quite unbelievable considering wow, so many gyms are closing down. Yes. And uh, we've just launched uh, a, two new products. So yesterday we launched um, a new flavored plantain and we re released a meal replacement. And you are going to be the very first, first person to know that we release a fish oil now in about uh, two weeks time, which is going to have about 900 EPA and 1100 DHA. Um, and, you know, as, as you know, there's just the fish oil market is absolutely horrendous. It's terrible, full of rancid oils. Yes. So we've got new oil uh, coming out uh, in regards to that. And me personally, I'm just on the mend at the moment uh, because I tore my tricep about six weeks ago, snowboarding in Jackson Hole. So I tore my tricep off the bone, my tendon. So I'm uh, healing myself. It's just another new challenge that I enjoy. What are you doing for your healing? My people will be interested in knowing. Oh, it's a shotgun approach, I can tell you that. So, um, yes, I have I use a DC current. This machine is called NewFit. And I put a DC current onto my tricep to help with uh, the muscle building because obviously I cannot manually contract it at the moment. Um, I'm also using a PEMF mat uh, every day because they did have to drill through my humerus and my ulna to re-cinch my tendons. So I'm using a PEMF mat as well. Uh, there's a couple of peptides, as we know, BBC 157, TB500 that I'm utilizing. I will probably be going over to Columbia for stem cells soon. I, I, I went there about three years ago with much success. So that'll be another thing. Going very high with my antioxidants, getting making sure that I'm getting good essential amino acids in every day. So I'm kind of having a drip free to them. Uh, fermented glutamine. Um, yeah, very high with antioxidants and uh, trying to focus on quality sleep as much as I possibly can to help with the restoration. And I seem to be well ahead of schedule with my, uh, with my recovery at the moment. So, you know, the glass is full. The glass is very full. And what's up for you next? What are your next projects going to be? You know what? I made it my goal this year not to have any goals. You know, usually I'm very, very goal driven. And I just want to focus on being a lot more mindful, uh, a lot more present, uh, focusing on, you know, a, 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 the spiritual self more than anything, because, you know, we're always focusing on the future, getting anxious about the past and not really being as present as we possibly could. So that's one of my major focuses. And, uh, you know, I'm launching a couple of programs now that really help, you know, what's it's basically called the biohacking guide for bodybuilders, because I find people in my industry may look healthy, but they're extremely unhealthy. So uh, I, I'm putting together a biohackers guide for them, obviously with the foundational pieces that need to be intact first before you go and purchase any shiny expensive objects. Well, I want to thank you for being my most esteemed guest. Will you come back, Chris Gethin? 
Of course, I'd absolutely love to, and I'd love to come up to Quarter Lane and uh, see you when you're next there, because I think you may be in Texas currently, correct? We're in Quarter Lane, and you're welcome to come up anytime this summer. We have a spare bedroom, we've got a spare wing, and we've got some state-of-the-art exercise equipment that I think you'll find very user-friendly. Oh, would absolutely <laughs> love that. Thank you. So there you go. So I want to thank you. I want to thank all my listeners for tuning in yet once again to First Lady of Nutrition. I want to acknowledge my very new sponsor, CS Health at LLC, cs-health.com. They're the makers of Vitalica, indigenous broccoli enzyme activated dietary supplement, which I take so helpful for skin appearance, digestive health, joint artery health, and post-exercise recovery. So I want to thank all of you. Wish you well. Shalom, shalom. Shalom.